Hi, this is Ivanova Crespo, and this is the first installment of The Closest You'll Get to God, a horror podcast. The thing about witches is that they're often very stupid, as in true, honest-to-goodness idiots. In most media, sorcerers are seen as wise, but this really isn't the case. What isn't accounted for is that most witches, through providence of their own stupidity, die before age 25. There are, of course, theories of resurrections, but laws of equal exchange prohibit that. Death takes and does not give back. End of conversation. Can't replace one life with another. You didn't live the same life. Another thing about witches, most of them are the most obstinate and conceited people that you'll ever meet. Hence why so many die at an early age. Our story begins with the most stubborn and the most conceited group of witches to have ever been collected in one place at any given time. There were five of them. Plus Nate's little sister, Kat. His mom said that he had to watch her. Four of them had planned a murder. Although, could it really be considered a murder if they were just going to raise her from the dead anyway? They were going to kill India. Of course, she didn't know this at the time. India wore big thick rimmed glasses. She was nearly blind. And almost an 80s style curly mop of hair on top of her head. Her nose was hooked, but she hated. But it worked for her, though she'd never believe you. She was a girl who liked everyone. Well, except for bigots. And people who, who took too long to get their order out in line. And the people who gave you an attitude at work, even though it really isn't your fault, that there needs to be a few minutes of waiting time between each party so when the waiters at work could do their job efficiently. And the people who thought that she was stupid, even though she's not, she's really not. And that one nine-year-old kid that she babysat that one time. And the people that speak Spanish at her and look like she's let down her entire line when she doesn't ask why. Why doesn't she? Well, she doesn't know. And you get the point. India, like everyone, especially like these groups of kids, had her issues. But she hid them underneath the smile and all-time passive aggression. It's not like the rest of them hated her. They really didn't. She was actually quite nice. She was just an easy target, and they were the least likely suspects if this didn't work out. Unfortunately for her, she was very easy to take advantage of. One thing the media had gotten right about witches was that they had an affinity for abandoned buildings. For seclusion's sake, of course. Since Katrina, there had been a surplus of abandoned buildings in New Orleans, even 15 years later. The six entered a warehouse on the edge of town, 
after all piling into Stephanie Lawson's van. It was more like Tim Lawson's van, but whether the van actually belonged to the blonde girl or not was semantics. What do you think you're doing? Nate asked as he looked around. Nate could be very scary. He was 6'4", classically handsome, and if we're being honest here, some of his anger issues aren't caused by teenage hormones or the fact that he's a possible psychopath. We don't know yet. The fact that he passed a drug test was only due to the fact that the testing lab had a massive mix-up that week. And instead of him, some random kid from Iowa had unsuspended from his own football team. Honestly, the fact that he was still friends, if that's what you can call them, with the rest of the group was only due to the fact that they had all known each other forever. Though being roided out half the time had definitely put a wedge between him and the others. At times he was eerily calm, and that's probably when he was his most terrifying. I'm flying to the moon. What do you think, Warren? I'm going with you. Kat said in that irritating voice that every younger sibling seems to know instinctively. Bruce stared at Nate. She hadn't even wanted Kat to come in the first place. In fact, she had suggested that they tie her up in the car if she got in their way on the car ride over. Kat thought this was very funny, of course. Nothing could come between them and their plan. Tonight was the night. They had been planning for months. Years, really. I'll pay you, he gave in. How much? I'll give you 50 bucks if you go in the car and stay there, he promised. An hour. $50 an hour, and I want the first hundred up front because I know that you're going to spend forever in there, she countered. An hour? How much money do you think I have? No, it's 50 bucks. Bruce glare intensified. Fine, but if you ever tell anyone I brought you here, I'll kill you. I'm not joking. Okay, Cat bit back sarcastically. Already walking back to the van after Nate fork over the money. I hate y'all, Nate said bitterly. I don't see the big deal. She could have stayed with us. It would have been fine, India muttered. You haven't met Kat before, have you? Stephanie laughed. Anthony had been quiet. He had the face of someone who was either 18 or 32, with no in between. And he often acted the same. He's always been mature. He's had to be. His twin brothers needed someone to look after them. And his dad had always expected the best. Work twice as hard, only to get half as far, as the old saying says. He had cornrows that became his beard, which, unlike most boys his age, worked pretty well. Wasn't super patchy, though. He was only 18. Couldn't have been the best. Out of all of them, save perhaps India, he was the most reluctant about this and at one point offered himself up as the first test subject. Though, for Anthony, this was a great experiment, and everything had to be perfectly controlled. So he had planned and researched everything, with the suggestions of the rest. 
He was too far in to stop now. His ambition to become the greatest sorcerer in the world overtook his morals. After hours upon hours, days upon days of self-convincing, self-rationalizing, he would raise the dead. He was sure of it. Suddenly he smirked. An expression that was foreign to his face. Let's get started, he spoke. It had been a long week for all of them, and what's better than ashing out their frustration? Or, at least that's what India was led to believe. Anthony summoned aluminum baseball bats, and with that, everyone went to town. Windows were smashed, old pallets were kicked in, and any many boxes were beaten or set on fire. Stephanie, in particular, liked to watch things burn, and her magic helped her from getting hurt too badly. There may be something to that, psychologically. She didn't necessarily care. She knew that she had issues. That was obvious. She was in love with Nate, for one, as toxic as he was, but also had a connection to Rue like no other. Her platinum blonde hair started to grow sticky as she felt the heat coming from the fire she had just set. It wasn't her idea to do the resurrection, but she also didn't hesitate to say yes when the time came. Underneath her pastel covered clothes, her soul was as black as the rest of them, no matter how it seemed. Rue sat back and watched. She pushed her curls out of her face and felt the joy in the room. It was strange, and she almost felt childlike in a way, not sure of what made it so fun, but doing it anyways. Rue had her own demons, but today was a good day, something she hadn't had in a long time. She saw Stephanie, and Stephanie's joy made her happy. Stephanie had helped her through her demons, Rue was that Stephanie could keep her clean, sober. Stephanie could keep her healthy. She was in love with her, but Stephanie could never know that. Though, Ruth thought that she already did. She thought that maybe this was a mistake. That there was no need to kill anyone. It was stupid and probably wouldn't work anyways. Then she turned her head, and behind India appeared Anthony. With that, India was on the floor, her thick rimmed glasses lying several feet away from her. Certainly in conscious, if not already dead. We dropped the bat and rushed over. Is she dead? asked Stephanie. I don't know. Go check for yourself, exclaimed Anthony. The 
It's disgusting. Look at her. She pointed to the girl with the gash on the back of her head. I'm not doing it. Nate, you do it. Fine. Nate walked over slowly. He placed his fingers to her pulse. And then took a mirror out of his pocket and placed it next to her mouth. He had seen dead people before. I mean, it happens now, but they're in a casket in a funeral home. And if, you know, something bad happens to them, they're not. You don't get to see them. It's closed, but this was different. He knew India and he was tough. He was angry all the time. This was different. She was laying there. She was standing a few seconds ago. Her eyes were open. They act like when you... When someone's dead, that their eyes just close on their own, but they're not. They're not. They're wide open. And as he looked to check if she was alive, she stared right back at him. could only focus on those eyes. Can't believe he did this. Can't believe they did this. Oh my god. Oh my god. He thought. What if they can't raise her? What if she's dead like this? Forever. You know, there's an easier way to do this. Sing song through. That finally got him out of his trance. Oh, 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 yeah. Said Nate. He placed his hand over her heart and whispered, Bebe. Instead of the colorful dots that would have seemed to float around her head, nothing appeared. She's dead, he confirmed. All right, we know what we're doing, Rue confirmed. They nodded. Let's do it. The or surrounded the body. Each summoned herbs and abled her head, head with a summoned bed of yarrow flowers. We only have an hour left until this comes useless and she's gone forever. Anthony rushed. Okay. It's time for the painful part then. Stephanie sighed. We grabbed the dagger and the chalice from her bag. She then slipped the back of her arm and poured it into the cup. One by one they did this and began to at and Sergei sincerely said, I'm not going to 
Poileo, Vietnam, por Antante, es Onian Palate, es this. Over and over they chanted until Stephanie finally took the chalice and lifted it to India's lips. Once more they chanted the sequence. She's supposed to be alive now, isn't she? She said this is what we were supposed to do. Steph started to panic. Just give it a minute, it yelled back. Oh my god, we just killed someone. We just killed someone, what are we gonna do? We just killed someone with my sister 50 feet away, my mom's gonna kill me. I never, Nate hyperventilated. She's going to be fine. Just give it another couple minutes. I was sure it was going to work. The other boy rationalized. Rue was frozen by fear. She had no idea what to do or what to say. She had just killed someone. Of course, no matter what, she would have killed someone, but she would have brought them back. So it didn't really count, you know? At least she thought it didn't count. As they fought around her, she started to shed silent tears. Because although India could be annoying, she didn't really, and she didn't really like her that much. Although the rest of them did, and she was pretty cool sometimes. She was nice, right? She was still a person. She could have become less annoying every once in a while. She could have become became less perfect like the rest of them. Less normal. Maybe that would made her seem better somehow. What about India's parents? They would have to get rid of the body. No one would ever know what happened to her. Prue was shaking and crying and felt like she was going to throw up on the dead girl's corpse. And there was a sudden gasp. <gasps> All was silent as the other three turned around to find a very confused India. What just happened? She groaned as she struggled to stand up. Stephanie gave her the glasses on the floor. Last thing I remember is she touched the back of her head and looked at her hand. She touched it again, almost to make sure that that was it. Then she turned to Anthony, then looked back at the rest of them. You killed me. Well, you're not dead anymore, so be happy about that, Nate said. You killed me. She was shaking with rage. If she could, she would have struck them down right there and then. You killed me. 
and now I'm back. Which means that you killed me and resurrected me from the dead. Idiots. What have you done? I'm going to kill you, you mother- And with that, with a snap through his fingers, India was out like light, and Nate caught her. Let's do it again, declared. After knowing that it did impact work, there was a mutual feeling of invincible power. Who wants to do it? Anthony knew that this was his opportunity. My turn. Well, how do you want us to do it? Asked Nate. I guess the same way that we did before, Anthony replied. Nate cracked the bat on Anthony's head and they began the ritual all over again. Outside, Kat sat in the van playing a game on her phone when she looked up and watched the centipede crawl in through the window. She watched in morbid fascination as it tried to get over the up into the car using the small crack in the window. And halfway through, she rolled up the window using the manual hand crank and split it in half. She took a napkin from inside the dash and picked up its body. What she hadn't realized is that there were more bugs crawling outside the van, but the back window was covered. They were all crawling towards the warehouse. By the time Anthony had gasped his second first breath, there were millions of insects crawling into the warehouse. That was amazing. Anthony caught his breath. We should probably wake her up now, shouldn't we? Sighed Rue. I'll do it, Anthony conceded. Anthony placed his hands on her head and said, Yes. India woke just as angry as before. You're idiots. All of you, she spat. Well, look at us. We just came back from the dead. We're fine. You did it again? How stupid are you? It's not going to be fine. You don't know that we're going to be fine. My God. What did you do? Stephanie was over it at this point. She was tired and craving a McFlurry. They did it after her. No harm, no foul. She turned around, trying to figure out whether she should say something or just go to the car. Hey. Hey! I, I, I don't think that's normal. She pointed behind where the group was facing. 
behind them a mountain of black, shiny insects, centipedes, spiders. They started to fester and crawl around phantom legs and a torso, eventually creating arms and a neck, until finally a man's arm was ate out of bugs and stood before them. Crap. 